Welcome back, everyone, to the Introvert's Guide to the Universe, where we live life as introverts so you don't have to. We are your hosts. I am Francis, a.k.a. The Other Guy. And with me today is a special guest. I, You know what? I forgot to ask if you wanted your full name out there or not, but I'll... Go for it. All right. Emily Edwards is here with me today. Hello, Emily. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited because this is our first time talking outside of social media. So it's great to hear your voice. (laughs) (laughs) And unlike you, I don't really record myself too often. It's often the like errant, like Instagram live. So welcome to my voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you shouldn't be ashamed of your voice. It's a fantastic voice. Uh, Thank you. I'm glad that you're able to make it. And, uh, you know, we're going to start off kind of just talking about you and a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, you, I'm guessing, you know, you've been an introvert all your life. You didn't just become an introvert out of nowhere. No, no, since the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, and, and again, you're not even from where I am. You're not from the West Coast. You're from... from I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. I, am, I am a very demure Yankee lady. I think if you were to draw a character of a woman from Connecticut, you'd probably get me. <laughs> Now, are folk from Connecticut um, considered <laughs> introverted? Are they a more out, uh, extroverted I, lot? I don't know. I think there's a stereotype of the staid sort of wasp. You know, you talked through clenched teeth and you don't show emotion, that sort of thing. <laughs> but, I mean, my family's from New York, so, like, they moved to Connecticut. So, like, oh. there was just sort of a clashing of cultures of, like, outspoken Italian father, but, like, very waspy sort of surrounds when being, you know, so mm-hmm. well okay <laughs> but we were but i was very i was a very shy child so mm-hmm. but like that's just natural so in addition to like you know the the environs i was just also born just an incredibly shy introverted quiet person so then what does it feel like for instance uh putting your voice out there on the internet like this <laughs> how does that feel <laughs> um it's a little bit panic inducing mm-hmm. but being someone who does like create media or mm-hmm. want to create media for a living i understand logically that i can't just be the written word much longer you know what i mean i have to understand that things are multimedia now and, and my face and my voice are going to have to be a, a part of my of the package that i put out there right yeah i i think especially for myself um i have done the f- face thing. I don't know if I'm necessarily a fan of that. I think people... (laughs) (laughs) I know. I toyed with vlogging for a little while and I was like, no. no, no, no." My best attribute is just hearing me more than (laughs) seeing me. (laughs) So I'm more than happy to stick to just uh, the audio medium. But Yeah, no cameras. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you... uh, So have you always been creative then? You know, that is something that seems to be a a bedrock of, of your identity online. Is that that's something that you've always done when you were like a child or growing up? Very, very much so. Um, I have two siblings. Uh, I don't talk about them a lot because they're not very public people. Um, But we didn't really watch a lot of television. We didn't have a lot of toys. We weren't allowed to watch a lot of things that were on television. So we were sort of just given these, you know, and we grew up in like 
the sticks. So it was just a lot of like, go out in the yard, go in the the forest and, (laughs) you know, and make stuff up. So I really took that to heart. And, you know, I was the, I used to walk up to my mom when I was a little, little kid with a composition book and a pen. And I'd be like, it's story time. And my mom would sit down and write the stories that I told her, not read stories to me. Wow, really? That is incredible. She has books and books and books of like stories that I made up Mm -hmm. and she would like read them back to me and ask me if I wanted to change them or edit them (laughs) in any way. And I would. And then at the end, she'd read it back to me and I'd say like, okay, that's good. And then like I was done with the story. All right. Not to be – I'm going to be slightly pushy here, but you're a writer. Have you ever thought of putting out those books that you wrote as a child? I mean that's fascinating. (laughs) never occurred to me mostly because a lot of the times i'm not sure i was with it enough to like make my own characters so a lot of it was like cookie monster and grover like went to the park you know it's because those are like the people that i loved um were muppets mostly um (laughs) and so like i'm not sure if i can legally but uh (laughs) i think with a little creative editing i think yeah exactly i mean but but for someone who oh sorry go on no, go ahead. <laughs> I was for someone who hadn't watched a lot of TV, your familiarity with the Muppets is fast. It's just <laughs> yeah. I was I was allowed to watch Sesame Street mm. and the Muppets and pretty much anything that was on PBS. But that when you know in the late eighties, that was Sesame Street and the Muppets. Mm. Um, and that was really about it. <laughs> well, my mom was very strict. Okay, so uh, out of curiosity, though, I mean, you don't. To have to go into too much detail, but why was the TV restricted? Uh, that's surprising. Um, my mom, I was very lucky that my mother has her master's degree in primary special education. Oh. And at the time she, you know, I was born in 85. So at mm-hmm. the time, you know, there was just this like understanding amongst people that like television mm-hmm. rots your brain. Right. So it was very much like books and and learning games and things like that. She was a stay-at-home mom too. Again, like very, very lucky that she was a stay-at-home mom. So she just kind of like, you know, got down into like the 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 we're gonna teach you how to read by the time you're three, you know, like oh, that wow. kind of stuff. And television, aside from, you know, like Sesame Street and stuff like that, that was learning focused. Um, yeah, we didn't we didn't watch anything like that. Like I didn't see The Simpsons until I was probably like 12 or 13. No, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wasn't allowed to watch like Looney Tunes. Oh, wow. You know, okay. nothing like that. Have you caught up since? <laughs> <laughs> um, Simpsons, uh, you know, that was a big when I was in middle school. And mm. after that, like, no. Um, and then, you know, like some cartoons, but like, you know, especially now with all of like the, the storylines and the characters from childhood coming back and being rebooted, like mm. I've no, I've never seen the Back to the Future movies. I've never, <laughs> you know, all these kids are like, I grew up with comic books. I was not allowed to read comic books. Mm, like, sure, I'm yeah. so impressed <laughs> by people who are allowed to, like, consume that kind of media. I'm like, mm. if you want to know what Elmo's lineage is, I got that. But other than that, I have no idea. So uh, I'm going on a weird tangent here because I was go expecting to go on to like introversion, but I'm more fascinated by the, you know, how your creativity was developed and how your imagination was like encouraged. Because if you weren't allowed to see some of these things, how was, how did that develop? Like, how did your creative side develop without kind of this outside influence? I don't, 
you know, I'm trying to think because I've never really thought about it, especially because no one else in my family is creative at all. Oh. <laughs> um, my dad was an electrical engineer, my mm. mom a teacher. So, you know, like very creative, but also like very by the book of like, this is how you raise kids. Sure. Um, my brother is a mechanical engineer. My sister is a lawyer. Um, oh. I'm the only person in my family who's do- ever done anything like really creative mm. as like a, a living or even a hobby. Um, so I'm trying to, I honestly don't know. Mm. I think a lot of it was just cause I was so quiet. And so like, what are quiet time activities that you can do by yourself? And a lot of it was just drawing, writing, Mm. reading books, things like that. So your, your, uh, literature wasn't limited to you. You could pretty much read anything then. Yeah, I was allowed to read anything. Um, we went to a lot of museums. We did a lot of, we went to a lot of zoos still big on the zoo. Um, you know, just a, a lot of like, just anything that could be construed as an educational activity we did. So I wasn't limited to, and if it was written down, it was fine. So, you know, um, sure. so uh, anything I could read, anything I wanted, uh, you know, and stuff like that, but, but TV and movies were limited by far. Okay. I mean, that's not again, like I said, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I grew up with a lot of television and movies, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it necessarily influenced me in any sort of way. But I, no, I think, certainly not. Uh, I, yeah, but I have seen Back to the Future, so <laughs> I don't Are know. They good? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I think you know. I think with a lot of okay, I'm getting a little controversial here, but I think with a lot of pop culture, um, the things that we kind of. Uh, uh, put on a pedestal in pop culture is much better in in nostalgia than it is in reality. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Like I don't understand Star Wars, for instance. Like I don't think Star Wars is really all that great. <laughs> oh my god! I want to give you like the biggest high five. I didn't see any of them until I was an adult, and I was like, "What is going on? This doesn't. These are movies for children, right?" And I was like, "They're good movies for kids, but they're yeah. movies for kids, right?" And my husband's like, "Don't say that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like for me, I mean, I, 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 I'm more interested in the world than I am the actual movies. Like the movies, totally. Yeah, I'm more fascinated by the Jedi and everything. But if yeah. you went and told me, "Are the movies good?" I'll say they're fine. I mean, they're, they're fine. yeah, they're yeah. they work as a mode of entertainment, but they're not as fantastic and as as lauded as I think. Well, I, I yeah, think people lauded well, a lot. We won't share these little tidbits on Twitter because no. we like keep our sanity. <laughs> You're yeah. gonna have to listen to the podcast for the deep cuts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, but I will, I will um, recommend. I think I will recommend Back to the Future. I do enjoy that as kind of just a regular film. And well, cool. Yeah. So that's the one I'll recommend for sure. <laughs> anyway, um, so then if you did a lot of your own writing and reading, how were you with friends growing up? Like, did you have a lot of friends? Did you have a big? Uh, uh, oh, I like, had one friend. One friend? Yeah, I mean, like, I, okay, so the weirdest thing happened to me when I was in middle school. And I, my brother is my twin brother. Um, and so I was in the accelerated learning program for mm. my school system. And when I was in middle school, which is like hell for literally everybody, they decided to take everybody who's in the accelerated learning program and put us aside into our own classes. So we didn't mix with anybody. And then my twin brother was also in the accelerated program with me. So Mm -hmm. I had every single class with the same 25 to 30 kids and my brother for two years. Wow. (laughs) It was 
the worst experience <laughs> ever, especially because like, you know, puberty and social garbage. And sure. it was just like, it was horrible. And so I would, if, if there are any educators listening, don't do that to your <laughs> students. It's awful. Right. Um, and then by the time I got, and my best friend since like the third grade was in a different set of classes. She wasn't in the classes with me. So I literally could only see her like at lunchtime, like one period a day. And so by the time I got to high school, I had made like a couple friends Mm -hmm. in this sort of like weird segregated class that we were in. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it, but it was also like a dude who was originally my brother's friend. (laughs) So So it was like the most (laughs) soap opera of Mm. friendship and not dating, um, (laughs) ever. But like, so yeah, I really never had like too, too many friends just because of like lack of opportunity and also just introversion of like there were a handful of girls in my class that Mm. were like really cute and they were really good friends there are like four or five of them Mm. and i was always like i want to be their friend and i was like i can't because if if something goes awry like the next two years are just going to be even worse than they're going to be so it's like okay we're just gonna we're gonna ride this one out (laughs) do you think that may have i don't know stinted some of your social uh, skills maybe oh without doubt okay yeah, like I, I like you know when you are watching a th- like okay, so case in point is I love stand-up comedy more than anything. So I oh, was watching okay. the original John Mulaney special and you know how he talks about that party that he went to mm-hmm. and you know is like this whole it's the end of his act. A wonderful wonderful like <laughs> bit of stand-up. And I was like right, normal kids went to parties. (laughs) Wait a minute. You've never been to a party when you were in elementary school and high school? Or did you go to parties in high school? I did not go to parties in high school. I went to maybe one or two like birthday parties in middle school. Mm -hmm. Elementary school, maybe maybe one or two a year. And then I never threw a birthday party (laughs) ever um, because I'm born like, two or like i'm born three days before christmas so you can't have a birthday party like if your birthday happens during winter break so it just doesn't happen like the last birthday party that i had planned i think i was in kindergarten and it had to be canceled because everybody got the flu that's so So sad never had a birthday party that is so sad it's, it, I mean, it's sad when you're like eight. It's yeah. not sad when you're 32. It's no. just kind of hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great party story when you're 32. You've been, you've made up for it though. You've been to a bunch of parties since, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, um, after college is mm-hmm. when my, my social life kind of ticked up a little bit. So, also, oh, even through college, you were still kind of, introverted yeah Yeah. um i had i was definitely i was very introverted i went to a i went to emerson college which is a performing arts school sure in boston it's communications and the performing arts so i am very extroverted for a writer i am not at all extroverted for people who like (laughs) are actual extroverts Mm -hmm. so like you know there i didn't go to a lot of parties 
Um, but that's also because I worked full time when I was in school full time as well. So, ah. you know, I would I would like leave my shift at the store that I worked at and just be like, I put in nine hours. I'm not, you know, going to a party and drinking my face off, especially because the next morning <laughs> I have to be at work at like seven o'clock in the morning anyway. So, you know, it, it, it dampened the social life a little bit. But after college, I, I've gotten much more personable and I've figured out how that works a little bit. So then much of your much of your life, I would say half of it, I guess, would be Yeah, until I was about twenty. Yeah. I was not a particularly social person. But then you also it sounds like you spent a lot of time with your by yourself. I mean, you know, you went mm-hmm. to work, you went to school. That's mm-hmm. pretty I much lived it. by myself. I didn't even have any roommates. Wow. Was that a oh, I know. conscious I feel choice? Like total shut in. <laughs> was that a conscious choice or was that just something that you just happened to have the opportunity not to have to live with anybody? Um it it was a conscious choice. Um, but also the opportunity of not having to live with anybody. Um, I lived in this teeny, teeny, tiny little studio apartment in mm-hmm. the back bay of Boston. And it was like walking distance to all my classes, which was great. Um, and then once you wanted to try to find a place with multiple bedrooms so I could have roommates, mm-hmm. the price actually went up astronomically oh, and yeah. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. See, that's so. – I, I would definitely say for myself, that's one of my biggest regrets was never having roommates myself. I didn't have – I didn't have to. didn't have to worry yeah. about it. But um, it's – you know, because you miss out on a lot of just experiences that I didn't think were – you know, were just in television and movies. Yeah. <laughs> All of these no, I know what you mean. Of, yeah. Like a lot of people I know have like very long-lasting friendships of mm-hmm. the people that they lived with. Yeah. And – I don't. I don't have that. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. And I, you know, my my ex, she she went through that whole deal and had you know the roommates and and lived on campus when she was going to college and did all that stuff. And she she yeah she developed a lot of you know a lot of connections and and memories and she. She had more stories than I did. Yeah, <laughs> I like, oh. no, I know what you mean. <laughs> it's like, oh, did I live a full life or did I not? I don't know exactly. anymore. <laughs> and, you know, at a certain point, you know, with age comes wisdom, I have to be yeah. like, well, that's what I had to do in order to get through college and sure. not graduate with, you know, like $100,000 of the student loan debt. So, you know, you make the most of it. But right. at the same time, you know, you have that nostalgia in the back of your head going like, oh. That would have been fun. <laughs> and I think that's why I'm so, I, I try now to kind of make up for it by doing a lot more, by traveling a lot more. I'm trying to make mm-hmm. up for a, a youth that I, I'm not going to say I wasted. I'm not going to say I wasted anything, but at least, um, now that I have the opportunity to do that stuff. So hopefully that's the same case for you. And like, you know, when did, so you, you, you have been introvert for most of your life. There was, mm-hmm. you had told me uh, before we started that there was a trend, there was a point or a, maybe it was a, a coming to Jesus moment. I don't know what it was, but there was some <laughs> point where you had to flip the switch a little bit and become extra more extroverted. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, Like a lot of it, in in college especially and it sounds so weird to talk about college like i haven't been in college for like 12 years <laughs> but um you know when you are around people who are so extroverted and mm-hmm. they 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 don't know how to interact with you if you're not right. similar to them and so there is sort of like well if i don't want to be alone forever <laughs> i'm going to have to teach myself how to do this and the funny thing is, is I know there are a lot of other introverts who are like this. It's just when I do start sort of being the center of attention, mm-hmm. it feels 
better. So like yeah. I can like if at first, you know, if you're at a party and you're like, oh, my God, this is awful. I'm going to stick to the wall. It's terrible. <laughs> and then you start like maybe talking to one or two people that maybe you kind of know. And then you're telling a story and other people are starting to pay attention. And you're like, the, you know, and suddenly eyes are starting to turn for you. And some introverts will be like, this is terrible. And they have to go to, you know, they run to the bathroom and they hide for half an hour. <laughs> and then right. I think there's another breed of introvert that'll be like, OK, I can get into this. And then they just sort of start working with it. Yeah. And you gave <laughs> start to develop that energy uh like once i get into that space i'm very comfortable with it yeah i find myself doing something similar in which i i try to hunt down the other introverts and so i'll gravitate towards (laughs) the people who are quiet and um as a person who's a a a avid people watcher um i'm usually able to tell like okay well this person's a little shy this person's a little this so i grab body language and yeah, exactly. And so you'll see their, yeah, how they react. And then I gravitate towards them. And that's how I quote unquote become the center of attention because I am able to put together a bunch of people who were, they may not be interacting with each other, may not really want to talk to each other. And I feed off of their energy. Totally. <laughs> you become king of the introverts. Right. It's kind of my thing because when I'm around other extroverts, I, I don't say shut down per se, but my anxiety just shoots through the roof. Totally. Because they are able to kind of make small talk and art. You know, they're very good at just being able to make something out of nothing. And where for me, it's like, I think about, well, am I going to say, am I going to answer the question right? Am I going to be saying the right things? Um, What blows my mind is I'll start to talk about something that I find incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. And I realize other people may not have any knowledge (laughs) in it whatsoever. And then you're just like, (sighs) Oh, boy. You know, like how to continue without sounding like a complete and total snob, but or like not sound like you're patronizing them either. Yeah, that is. And that's that's the thing that like always blows my mind because I I don't think I have weird interests, but like (laughs) I've been caught in too many pickles where apparently I do. So I think it's really, um, you know, it's it's funny because I think people who are used to i guess being able to to talk to other people they are more comfortable talking about just obviously the topics they care about and are able to tune out the stuff that they don't and for uh, for myself specifically i see if i can put the words mm-hmm. properly together here um i have learned that every to find interest in everything because everything is actually interesting whether totally. i know about it or not whether i have any like passing interest in it or not knowing that someone else is interested in it makes me want to learn more because that makes me get to know the person better that I, makes a lot of sense yeah and i think that's a very compassionate way of looking at the the drudgery of small talk <laughs> well it's i think and i think it's because a lot of people are more <clears throat> excuse me are, are willing to just say well i'm not interested in this i'm going to move on yeah. when you know you're missing out on a potential an opportunity to get to know somebody who could be fantastic and to- I wonder if like the 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 recent I will say recent sure. like obsession with you know cult television shows and things like that is just people always looking for a touchstone to relate to other people. I think well I think well I think so. I think 
you know, what something I always say is the internet is the worst and best thing to ever happen to people. One hundred percent agree. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's such a double edged sword, and something that people will gravitate towards is um, is anything pop culture because yeah, that's the one thing that'll tr- kind of bring people together. Yeah, for the it's most always part. a triple. You know, it yeah. might not be a home run, but it's always a triple. <laughs> exactly, and so you don't have to talk about the thing that you're in- that you're like fascinated with. It doesn't have to right. be you know paleontology, for instance. Like if someone's interested <laughs> in paleontology, awesome. But I'm fairly certain a lot of people just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe I don't like. Maybe I don't care, but I th- and I hope that that people will kind of. I don't know. I, I hope people will kind of get this type of mentality. Is even if you don't care, just just showing that interest, you know, just building that connection, is probably going to be worth it anyway. You know, we because we're so disconnected right yeah. now for the most part. Um, again, I only know you online. Right. Yeah, like, through what used to be 180 and is now 240 <laughs> characters. Exactly. And so I, you know, you know, we can only say so much and say, and, and talk about ourselves so much or, or share a, something that we're interested in, only to a degree, and yeah. then it's gone. You know, and 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 then it it just goes along the timeline, and you, you saw true. it for a second. The ephemeral nature <clears throat> of it is, you can really only focus on it for so long until it's literally pushed out of your line of sight. Which is why I'm so, you know, I have a terrible memory, but for some reason I remember tweets or something. Because you know? <laughs> I, again, I, I remember things that you did, you know, I, I, in the past and, and how I got to know you. I, we, before this, we started recording, I was trying to figure out how I knew Emily. I'm like, oh, this is how I know you. And so luckily I have that weird memory. I don't know memory why. Glitch. Yeah, that's my one memory glitch. I, I can't remember anything else, but that I can remember. But yeah, so I, I think um, to kind of uh, to kind of move forward from being introverted and and being able to relate to other people uh, is is pro- is trying to connect and trying to get that that ability to listen. And unfortunately, I think people still to this point yeah. remain disconnected, even in person, and just are perfectly fine with that. And I don't know why. I, I just I guess I, that's the one thing I haven't really quite figured out. But I know. But you, you stepped out. You have learned to become more social. Yeah, trying. It, it was much easier when people tell you like, oh, once you're over 30, you know, you don't have a lot of friends. <laughs> oh, boy, were they not lying. Yeah. So like, you know, your mid to late 20s are like, kids, the sweet <laughs> spot for your social life. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100 <laughs> percent. Because that's when you start to have like disposable income and you can do things. Mm-hmm. And then once you're over 30, like, oh, just the, the social rules totally change. So now, you know, now I'm trying to figure out how to navigate, you know, friends with kids, mm-hmm. friends with divorces, you know, fun things like that where you it becomes a whole new landmine. So it, it's been interesting to watch it, it <laughs> roller coaster. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And you, I think – you have an advantage in the sense of you know you are you're married, mm-hmm. um, so therefore you have a partner in which you can kind of befriend his friends if he has friends or totally you know. totally yeah no yeah. Um, we we uh, have a lot of overlapping friends just because he went to Berkeley College of Music just down the road from Emerson so we have mm-hmm. a lot of uh, that's how we met like we have a lot of overlapping friends mm-hmm. from just like the art scene of the college experience that we went to, mm-hmm. which uh, I have no idea how people meet 
after <laughs> after college social circles like dry up, I have no idea how people meet their spouses. I have no idea how that works. Well, yeah, I, I, I'm with you 100% because um, <laughs> that is – Not to put a little black rain cloud over this, but like, yeah, I have no idea how, how people date after after, you know – friends of friends or colleagues mm. and things like that don't happen. Yeah. Well, yeah, I could tell stories because, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm a single thirties person. Um, yeah. and it's harder exponentially when you're single to, to make friends and to, uh, and keep those friendships. You no, know, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm absolutely sure. When I, when I had a girlfriend, um, she took care of all of the social <laughs> aspects of my friendships. She was just like, we're doing this on Friday with this person and this person. And you're oh, like, yeah. great. And, and that's that. 100%. She was the one who told me when birthdays were happening. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is not, that's not exclusive. To <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> that's, that's just the, the social labor of ladies. I think though. Uh, I, yeah, well, yeah. And well, now I you got Facebook for it. You just wake up in the morning and be like, oh, so-and-so's birthday. <laughs> That great. That is true. Uh, the yeah, that is the 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 bane of my existence is that because it's really the only time anyone ever interacts with other people is during the birthdays. Oh right, it I remember really you is. exist. Well, this person <laughs> I sat next to in chem class in the tenth grade. It's their birthday today. That's the, hope you're well. <laughs> exactly, and then that's it. That's the extent of catching up, and then another year can pass. Oh no, Christmas is the next one. Then everyone. Says That's Merry true. Christmas, everybody. But uh, yeah, I think um, it, it's definitely has been a hindrance for me specifically uh, for not having someone to kind of help me <laughs> navigate being social. And it's even well, there is also a certain shield in having a person with you when you yeah. have to go and do those things. Like if you have to go to you know, God forbid, like a, a work Christmas party or oh, something. Yeah. And, you know, at least you have someone you know you're going to talk to. I couldn't imagine doing that <laughs> as an introverted person, like without like the built-in buffer, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Um, I would straight up have a panic attack. Wait, so have you had to do, I mean, have you had to do something like that? Have you had to do like business parties and whatnot? Um, my husband actually owns his own company. So oh. <laughs> wild is that like when we have like the holiday Christmas party, I actually have to be like hostess. Oh, wow. I have to like host the damn thing. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, that's when it's like, it, it's like getting ready for like the Super Bowl. You have to like psych yourself up, you know, just going to be yeah. like, all right, who's coming? How do I know them? <laughs> what tidbits do I know about them? It's like, you know, it's like, I, I don't watch a lot of sports movies, but I imagine it's like a sports movie. And it's just someone in the locker room being like, you know, and I'm like in a cocktail dress. All right, oh, we're going to do it. You know, I was like, okay, this person's coming. Their kid is eight now. Like, let's figure this out. It was oh, wow. like, I just stopped short of having note cards on people. But um, so it, it's a little wild. But again, like you have to, I, instead of like working up to that mm -hmm. extrovert amongst the introverts, you just have to be extroverted from the get go. And that's like the most exhausting day of my year. Oh, I can imagine. And it sounds like it energizes you based on how you kind of described it. It, it sounds like it's something that actually compensates for the introversion because you're just – you have things. You have plans. You have ideas. You have things that need to happen. What's and really funny is like when I was a kid – and this is going to sound completely <laughs> bonkers to anybody who doesn't know my blogging history. I 
idolized Martha Stewart. I thought she was the most amazing woman in the world. And like, I love the fact that she had a magazine and a television show and she was just like so cool. And like, in addition to like, she made cake. So like she is, she was just great. And so like, you know, the idea of being like the hostess, I can just sort of be like, all right, what is Martha Stewart going to do? She would never disappoint anybody. I get to kind of like, you know, psych myself up for that. And it, it's just it, it's just like doing a performance, you know. Yeah. I I I I would never call myself an actress. I did do a little bit of acting, like when I was in high school, like a total nerd, and like, but it's just like the role you have to play for the night. So then, I guess you would say then, being stepping outside of your comfort zone is acting. Then. Oh, completely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I can't imagine that's easy. I it's it's easier. Again, once you like remove yourself from the equation, oh. which is like the only advice I can ever give to anybody who is introverted mm. is just sort of like you get to be someone else who is not you <laughs> and you get to be whatever you want. And after it's over, nobody ever remembers what you said or if you think you like I have a panic attack after every party I go to because I'm like oh my god I probably <laughs> insulted the living bejesus out of someone I said totally the wrong thing oh my god you know and I like you know it's like you get the shakes and it's yeah. like nobody ever remember unless they like threw a drink in your face at that moment right. they don't remember anything you said to them so mm-hmm. that's just about the only like advice I ever give like my really 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 introverted friends I uh, know I, I agree with that advice and I also 100% agree that, yeah, people don't really remember much of those things. They may remember the conversation, but they won't remember what you said that was embarrassing. And most likely, it's only embarrassing to you. Exactly. <laughs> it was embarrassing to anyone else. Exactly. And, it's yeah. like those memes that go around. It's like, I'm trying to fall asleep. Oh, wait, <laughs> let me remember every embarrassing thing I've ever done since I was like nine years old. Yeah, everybody does that. I think I don't think that's exclusive to introverts. It's just extroverts get to put it they package it away better right. than we do. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 luckily they're able to compartmentalize those things. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we still on occasion struggle <laughs> doing that. Oh, all the time. <laughs> so, how do you find then or how actually I was going to ask how important is socializing to you? Like how important is it for you to have friends at I'm not going to say at this age, but in general. (laughs) Um, It's much less important to me now Mm -hmm. um, than it was when I was younger. Um, I think that there is a certain, and we'll use the slang term FOMO, when you're younger, regardless of what your social media, you know, um, life was. Because, you know, these things didn't exist when we were in our 20s, mostly. Um, But there is a certain, like, you know, just fear of missing out on something cool and it's like you would be the most popular person in the world even though you don't want to be the most popular person in the world you would be the most popular person in the world if just you you knew the right people um and life would be so much better if you just did the right thing and knew the right people and had more friends and it's now i'm just like nope not at all important (laughs) thank okay thank the lord (laughs) so then you're not actively at the moment then trying to um no, I mean, like, I, I'm actually meeting a bunch of women from Twitter, like, this weekend. Oh, really? <laughs> I know, and I'm, like, kind of trying, I'm, like, actively working to not have a panic attack about it. Oh, wow. Um, What's but, the occasion? <laughs> um, it's funny, someone tweeted out, like, the spy who dumped me is coming out, who wants to go and see oh. 
this movie as like a girl gang. And I was mm-hmm. like, sure, why not? And then it actually came to fruition. And now I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, girls, they're terrifying. But like, we're all adult women. Like right. we're all like in our thirties and most married, you know, it's like, it's, it's just like a bunch of broads getting out of the house for the week, you know, to go see a movie, like <laughs> calm down. This is not high stakes poker. Chill out. Um, so like, but that's like the most out on a limb, actively pursuing friends thing mm. that I've done in years. And this was just on a whim. You, you, you weren't, you weren't actually trying to find a group of people to do this with. This is just Lord, no, I'm not like on Bumble trying to find friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's terrifying. And, and have you met these people before? This is all this no. is your first. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> I, I've been like, uh, this is, I, mean, I guess this is how people meet now, but like, I've been like mutual Twitter followers with one of the women for like, mm a couple years it, so that's yeah. like the closest relationship you know what i mean oh yeah no i i'm i'm 100 with you person the, i've been following on twitter for years and this <laughs> is the first time i've really heard your voice well you know <laughs> <laughs> no i'm I, i'm 100 with you um the vast majority of my friends now um, which isn't when I say vast majority, I only know like six people. <laughs> so yeah, no, uh, I know. But yeah, like they're all from the internet. Uh, they were yeah. they were all through Twitter, podcasting, or, or something like that. So I think this is yeah, this is the new way to to socialize. This is the the not and it's and it, the best part about it is is that um you get to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. you get to think about your interactions before you do it. So if you're going to talk to yes. somebody, you don't have to just blurt out anything you can actually yeah think. i'm someone who is a much 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 quicker wit in the written <laughs> word than i am you know <laughs> speaking i i was a, a communications person at a pr firm for really for a little while okay and that was one of my day jobs and someone was came up to me and was like can you help me write this press release and she asked me to sit next to her at the <gasps> computer while she was typing and i just kept looking at her going like I, I can't write out loud. That's not, that's not how my brain works. Like you need to scoot. I need the keyboard. Like I can't think out loud, which right. I think might also be a, a bit of a hindrance for, for other people who live inside their own brains all the time. <laughs> oh, so you can, you say you, you, you consider yourself someone who lives inside their brain quite often. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well then, so what, what compelled you then to uh, put yourself out there as a writer? Because you have put books out there, you have you have uh, exposed yourself to the public in a way that they can criticize you. What gave you the guts to do that? <laughs> I have no other marketable skills. <laughs> <laughs> like I am so impressed with people who mm-hmm. you know can who can function in an office environment mm-hmm. and not like alienate people. I'm not good at that. Mm-hmm. I like almost every job I've ever had, like I've joined the company and then it's either gone out of business or the entire department leaves within a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have no, I am like poison to like an office environment. I don't, it must just be like, have you ever seen that, that cartoon of Winnie the Pooh where he dresses up like a little black rain cloud? Oh, sure. Yeah. I am that to an <laughs> Like, I'm just a little black rain cloud. Like, that's just me. I, wow. I don't know what it is. Um, I, and so, like, I'm so impressed by people who can do that. And so I just – the opportunity to be a writer and not have to interact with people has been wonderful. <laughs> right, because you self-publish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do self-publish. Not really by choice. 
Um, <laughs> well, no, it's the, it's actually the great, you know, it's the right way to go. Self-publishing, I think, is is yeah that. It's a lot of it's a lot of work, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't have the same. You know, like you tell people, like, oh, I've written a couple books, and they go, oh, really? And it's like, uh, who published them? And you're like, self-published, and then they go, <laughs> oh, and then they walk well, away. It's very strange. Like true. indie bands don't get that. Independent artists don't get that. Indie filmmakers certainly don't get that. But mm-hmm. if you put out indie books, you get an oh, and then people walk away from you. It's very strange. <laughs> And it, I, well, I think that 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 stigma is going away because I'm I'm actually discovering more and more self-published artists or writers um, who yeah they just Yay. yeah no I mean they're out there it's 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 definitely um, a growing trend and it's just easier you know it's, it it really is uh, I'm trying to get mainstream published for mm. the new book that I just wrote because it's a it's a different concept mm. and the querying process is humiliating it's 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 really a dejection that you a lot of people will never know well yeah i i remember you were tweeting when you were first putting your when you put your first book out just the rejection you were getting from publishers left and right the weirdest part (laughs) is is that it's a canned rejection right it was all the same every letter was the same every letter is exactly (laughs) the same Regardless of what agency you're pitching or wow. anything like that, every letter is exactly the same. Here's the template. Just send it out there. Here's the Literally, template. Literally, yeah. They don't even personalize it to like, dear Emily. It's oh, just wow. like, reply all back, like those three paragraphs and then you're done. Dear, insert writer's name here. Yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, and I guess, I guess that kind of makes sense. But um, I think also – the beauty of of kind of putting yourself out there on your own is you can develop a reputation and develop a a following that will interest act like other big publishers like oh this person actually has readers we should probably yeah. put them on our thing yeah um <laughs> here's the here's the best bit i once asked an agent mm-hmm. how many like indie books you have to sell before you should like mention <clears throat> your indie book to an agent if you're querying something new and mm-hmm. she told me 15 to 20 thousand oh wow really? that's like bestseller that's like yeah. new york times bestseller numbers oh yeah yeah so i was just kind of like oh so you mean the shorthand is don't ever mention it okie dokie <laughs> good to know so that's what you're doing now you're not telling anybody oh yeah by basically the way. Okay. yeah like okay. i literally wrote my first two books under my unmarried name and now i'm querying under my married name because i like want to draw the distinction sure i'm surprised you just didn't go with a pen name (laughs) i i you know i thought about it Mm -hmm. especially like doing the cheeky like my middle name is jane you know like ej edwards or something like that to no one know my gender but i was like you're right i write like such feminine books (laughs) that it's like that's not gonna fly so is gender still cons- uh, consideration when people read books? I, I thought that has it gone is. away a long time ago. I thought that nope. hadn't been a thing for a while. Uh, yeah, there's take a quick gander at how many women write fantasy and science fiction in the next time you you scroll through Amazon. It's Ooh. certainly by genre. Um, there's a lot more female romance. You're not going to get a romance novel published if you're a dude. That's not going to happen. Right. Right. Oh, but I guess mystery sense, is yeah. what I'm focusing on now, and it's it's fifty fifty. Um, yeah. But science fiction and uh, high literature, you know, like mm-hmm. stuff that gets nominated for like the Man Booker Prize and stuff like that, is no women. 
I guess I guess I'm the weirdo that just looks at the you know looks at the description and just goes by yeah. that. <laughs> I yeah, never, exactly. I, I've never just thought of the author. I'm just like, oh, here's a book that's interesting. It doesn't matter who writes it as long as I'm inter- entertained. That's all they care about. Well, so, bless <laughs> you, thank you. Yeah, well, I, I just thought that's how it was. I well, guess the, uh, you know the story of J.K. Rowling and why she goes by J.K. I don't is actually. That yeah. They her publisher Scholastic told her. That no one, no little boys would read a book if it was written by a woman. Wow. So that's why she goes by J.K. Rowling. I had no idea. I, that's that's sad. She, <laughs> hid, she hid the fact that she was a woman, even in her author bio, until mm-hmm. like the third or until like it was a breakout success, and like mm-hmm. she had to do like vi- like on camera interviews. Oh, that right. was like the first time people knew that it was a woman. Wow. Well, wow. (laughs) Especially because the protagonist of the story is obviously a boy. So they were like, little boys will not read a story if they think it was written by a girl. Yeah, I'm I'm the weirdo. I I would never have made the connection. I would not have you cared. You are such <laughs> the, the outlier. <laughs> like I have never cared. It's just it just if it's good, it's good. But that's okay. I guess that's the case. Um, and and you would again. I I'm not in that. I don't write any books, so <laughs> it's not not my thing. <laughs> you should try. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, I did it in high school where I would write a bunch of stories and whatnot, and I just kind of fell out of doing it. Um. Yeah, it's it's really finding the motivation to write every day uh, is the hard part. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all I want to do when I get home from work is sleep. <laughs> which is why I don't blame you. Yeah, which is why I took up podcasting because talking is so much easier than having to write something <laughs> down. <laughs> um, anyway, so um, let's go ahead and uh, I guess to the final the final bit here um, before we wrap things up. Totally. Um. So you have decided that, yes, you can become an extrovert on occasion. Do you have any any type of – you already gave some advice, but like is there anything that, that you have learned being an extrovert, convert, trans – not transcending. I shouldn't say the word transcending. Just, I think you know, that's a fair word. <laughs> transcending into a more outgoing individual um, – what were the things that helped you get there? What, what were the things that kind of mentally that, that prepared you to kind of be that way? Because for a lot of people, it's anxiety-inducing. I know for me, it's still anxiety-inducing. Oh, totally. um, so how do you get uh, past that? A lot of it is for me is planning um, okay. and also having compassionate extroverted friends mm-hmm. has made a, a world of difference because there are a lot of people who are extroverted and introverted, but extroverted especially, mm-hmm. who can – who can't wrap their brain around it and then they sometimes become cruel about it Mm -hmm. um you know and and especially more when you're younger but you know having a couple of compassionate extroverted friends makes such a world of difference like my friend one of my best friends in college was an extrovert but she could be very cruel about it and (laughs) you know our our friendship fizzled after college when I realized I didn't have to put up with that anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, but I have friends from school still who are stand-up comedians, performers, hosts of things, (laughs) but they're incredibly embracing of their more introverted friends. Mm -hmm. So if you can find one of those people, you know, stand by them because they will stand by you. And that's really the best part is just knowing that if you go to a social event and that person's going to be there, 
they will they will give you the platform and the spotlight that you need to sort of put yourself out there to your comfort level. And if you start lagging or start getting like freaked out, they can take over for you. It's almost like a it's almost like a a, a duo. It's a partnership sort mm-hmm. of relationship. And it, it's really lovely if you can find someone who who works like that with you. And sometimes the hard part is, is being the introvert is that you're the person who's going to have to cultivate this relationship. That is the hardest part, uh, definitely. And uh, I think there needs to be an app (laughs) that helps bring these people (laughs) together. I mean, I think, well, you know, that's how we do dating now, right? Like nobody dates regularly anymore. We all date through an app or we through a website. People never meet at bars anymore. Like it it blows my mind or like get set up by their friends. Well, like you were saying, you know, how do you make friends nowadays outside of college, outside of kind of where you were forced to socialize? It is a lot harder. And I have found, you know, I mean, I, I'm a little different because I, I go to like comic book conventions. Yeah, I you go, go to like conventions. Yeah. You have like large groups of people, which is terrifying in and of itself. <laughs> but like you might be able to suss out like a person at every convention where you like, you know, friend each other on Facebook and then you can keep in cursory touch. Yeah, exactly. And I've been very fortunate that uh, lately I haven't had to go to these conventions alone because when I went alone, I would stay, to, you know, stick to myself. I wouldn't talk to anybody. Oh, it, God. Yeah. Yeah. The last couple of like <laughs> blogging conventions that I went to, it was like I would stay in my hotel room and be like, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's what I would do. I would just... Glad I spent a couple thousand dollars to do this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I would go room out amongst... Service. Ex- well, hey, no, you can't beat room service sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I would, you know, I would be in the crowds, but I wouldn't talk to anybody or I would sit by myself at a, at, at a panel and just not talk to anyone. So I've been very fortunate to have that. And it's not readily available anymore to kind of just go out there. Even people in their twenties now are having a hard time kind of socializing and finding those connections. So yeah, uh, anyone out there who knows how to make an app, I would say the introvert extrovert app is the way to go. (laughs) We'll call it share the spotlight. That's a really good, no, that's great. I actually, I think that's, um, it's really helpful to kind of have that. And, and, I would never have thought like, yeah, you should have that extrovert friend. I mean, that's really good advice to have someone who can kind of carry, carry you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's really important because extroverts have to come down at some point, you know, it's a much smaller window than us, Right. but um, they do have to like, you know, sleep or, you know, like be a normal (laughs) person, be a normal person for like an hour a day where like you might be able to catch them in their, their off times and have a more introverted conversation or relationship Mm. with them. And they can kind of understand, you know, if, if they want to, Mm -hmm. you know, be that sort of guide dog for you. (laughs) I like that guide dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I'm going to have one last question because I don't know. I I kind of just assumed that I shouldn't have, but you, you are not a fan of small talk, right? You are more of a a deeper, you know, conversationalist. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not a how's the weather type of person. You're more of, certainly not. This is what's happening in the world. I want to talk about it. I guess I can fake it. You know, like after, you know, you kind of just like 
put the script in the back of your mind of like, oh, how's the wife? How's the kids? How's the weather? You know, how's the job? What kind of car are you driving now? Like, I don't know <laughs> what people ask. Like, I don't think I can fake it. Sure. Um, it it's not fun and it's no. not an enjoyable experience. It's not a fulfilling experience. Mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. But, um, no, I can fake it now. <laughs> You've had training. <laughs> yeah. That, think of it as like, you know how there's like different techniques when it's come to acting. I don't know mm-hmm. what they are, but you know, I've got like the Meisner technique and things like that. It's just a small talk technique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. There's, there's gotta be a technique for that for sure. And, um, I don't know. I, I just was curious if you were a small talk person. Um, I really want to hear stories of how you got to know comedians and whatnot, but we are, we are at the end, unfortunately. So yeah. we're going to have to save that for the next time because you, you apparently have quite the eclectic group of friends from what you're telling me here. That, um, that's another small little helpful hint. <laughs> oh, having that type of, uh, th- just that have of- people who are wildly different from you as like sort of backups you know what i mean yeah Yeah, well it's it's you know it's it's hard for people to kind of uh, make not just make friends that way just be able to even kind of relate to someone who is so different from them so it's a good thing that you are able to do that i think that's a that's a skill that not a lot of people necessarily have i think maybe one of just a skill is i feel as part of my introversion just really Mm -hmm. quickly is that i can present as a blank a blank slate Mm mm-hmm and because oh, I don't can. want to present a lot of myself to other people. Mm-hmm. So depending on who I'm with is that's the kind of personality or like the kind of interests and person I can become. So you keep a lot of your self guarded then. I'm guessing. Oh, very much so. Oh, okay. Is that just a fear of, I don't, yeah. Why, is there any specific reason why you do that? Or is it just, just a, a just defense mechanism? both just like to keep my anxiety at bay Mm -hmm. of like, you know, just that social anxiety, but also certainly a defense mechanism, which I think a lot of introverts also have of just sort of like, I want to keep myself myself. Mm -hmm. So if I can present as a blank slate, if in varying groups of people, Mm -hmm. you can actually make more friends that way. That is smart. I like that. Never thought of it that way. Yeah. Uh, it, it plays off of like the whole getting, you know, finding interest in what other people are interested in, even if you're mm-hmm. not. So that definitely, that's the, oh, well, hopefully somebody got something from this then, because I think hopefully. we gave a lot of really good uh, suggestions, at least, if not good advice. So it's been really like fun that. talking about it. Yeah. No, it was a pleasure having you on. Um, Emily, do you have any social media you want to put out there for people to follow? And, and uh, my at? Twitter and my Instagram are both Ms. Emily Edwards, and you can find me there. Ms. <laughs> Yes, because Emily Edwards was taken because yeah. it's a wildly popular name. So, Ms. So. Emily Edwards. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for being a part of this. And uh, for those who are, who enjoyed this conversation, worry not. Emily will be back again to speak about some other things that I'll Woo-hoo. keep in the uh, back burner. But again, thank you so much for being on with me. Thank you for having me. All right. If you are interested in sending any type of feedback, your thoughts, share them with us. It is a long email address. I know. I apologize. I should have thought about it beforehand, but it's introvertsguide to the universe at gmail.com. You know, of course, leave a voicemail to tell us what you think. 347-450-4335. The website is sincere-sarcasm.net, and I am at aka the other guy. All right. That's it for the show. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next week with another guest. So until then, have fun. <laughs> I don't have a right outro for that, but enjoy. <laughs> Talk to you all later. Bye. <laughs>